You're listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley. Hi, it's Chris and Susan Beasley here with another podcast and web show, Living the Retirement Lifestyle, where we speak with some amazing friends, entrepreneurs, and people who've inspired us during our journey in the hope that they will inspire you too. And you might see or hear just one little nugget that speaks to you and says, I want to do something different with my life. I want that retirement of my dream. So today we have with us our good friend, Dimitri, who we first met in London. I think it was towards the autumn of 2016. We were at an entrepreneur's event and we were learning online marketing skills. And I still remember to this very day, and I'm sure Dimitri will tell you a little bit about that, of how he actually chased us down to to record a video because he wanted a little help in his business. And here we are all those years later interviewing one of the most inspirational people who we have met in the world of entrepreneurship. But we're not going to tell his story. Let us t- let us ask Dimitri to tell you his story and how he came into the world of entrepreneurship from music. Thank you, Dimitri. Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you, Chris and Susan. And thank you very much for such a lovely introduction. It's a pleasure. And that introduction really brings me back in time to 2016, I believe it was October or November, and it was in London. I think it was in Gloucester Hotel, Millennium Hotel, at that business training event. And yes, you have watched my entire journey and you know more than anybody else because you have seen me doing this from the very beginning. Indeed, in that hotel, I remember as if it happened yesterday, I, I needed some help because it was really brand new to social media marketing, digital marketing, ads and pr- content creation, especially video content creation. And I needed somebody to help me with this. I needed somebody to stand by uh, to hold my hand as it were, someone with expertise, knowledge and confidence and presence before the camera and just give me that little support. And I remember I was chasing you all over the hotel. Finally, uh, probably you um, uh, you surrendered, and I I cannot thank you enough for this because it was so hugely important that little moment that little moment was really a huge moment when we did this uh, 120 seconds uh, video together, and from then on I felt I can do this, I can learn this, I can just keep doing this just how we did it with. Uh, Susan Beasley in front of the camera at the hotel and indeed was a transformational journey. It's indeed very inspiring even for myself to see how far I was able to go uh, in these years and very inspiring to see also success stories of all of my students and my mentees whom I was also able to help through that same journey of applying business skills, marketing skills, sales, presentation, public speaking, social media marketing, content creation, Facebook ads, whatnot, and apply these skills to whatever a passion-driven business may be and literally transform it and establish yourself in the niche in in which you want to establish yourself. Yeah, 
that was really an amazing journey. And I'm really grateful to you, Chris and Susan, for giving me the opportunity to share with you this journey. And I really do hope that your audiences and your listeners will find some, as you have said, golden nuggets of wisdom that they can apply in their careers and in their lives. I, I absolutely agree with you. And, and I know they will because... We didn't at that time know your background and your story that you are actually a celebrated violinist who very sadly had something terrible happen to them in their life that brought about a change. And we all know that when things don't go quite the way we plan in life, somebody has a plan for us and it brings about a change that actually allows us to help a lot more people. So perhaps you would share with our listeners and viewers, if you don't mind, what actually happened to you to bring about that change in your life? As I mentioned, uh, I've been performing concert violinist, um, mainly chamber music. I played a few things as a soloist, but mainly it was chamber music with absolutely incredible, fantastic orchestras world-famous orchestras such as La Petite Band and uh, Richard Carconsor, very, very well known, especially in the niche of Baroque music, ancient music, you know, Vivaldi and Mozart and Bach, this kind of stuff. And I've been also building instruments on the side, so I have never been like a full-time musician. I've been always a full-time musician and also a full-time instrument maker. But yes, uh, there was indeed a life-changing moment in my career and in my life as a musician. Uh, so that brings us back to January 19, 2013. It was a beautiful sunny day, bright sun, bright blue sky in the Hague. And uh, all of a sudden I, I felt um, something, was, something wrong was going on. So to make uh, the whole story short, I had a stroke. And I was even not aware what I was having. This is like, the first feeling was hmm, food poisoning. Um, and then this funny feeling went down my body and suddenly, you know, my left arm and then my left leg started to switch off. And I still didn't understand what was going on. So I called the emergency and I asked them, is there anything to be concerned about? <laughs> I still, <laughs> I can laugh about this today, but it was not very funny at that moment. I remember the reaction of them a person on the other side of the phone line and she was panicking and she said like goodness lie down right now open the door don't move the ambulance is coming so there was a spectacular race to the uh, emergency across the city with a siren you know breaking all the traffic lights and like not waiting anyway so they rushed me to the hospital room and um, uh, yes then i've discovered what i have had and eventually doctor had to break the news, uh, which were quite devastating news. I asked him, doctor, will I be ever able to play the violin again or make instruments again? Because at that moment I was literally like, um, I was not able to move my left, left side of my body and I could hardly speak. I could hardly move my tongue. So it was very difficult kind of conversation in that uh, strange room. Uh, with UV light you know, uh, on the side, uh, kind of uh, half dark, and you hear these beeps of a medical machine surround and the smell of the hospital. And uh, the doctor said, well, Dimitri, you will be 
very lucky if you will learn to speak again and walk again, not to speak about playing the violin. And when he said that, well, yeah, I, I simply wished I would die then and there because it just kind of didn't <laughs> look very inspiring situation to spend the rest of my life in bed. I know I really love life. I really love adventure. I love sailing. At that moment, I didn't sail yet, though, but still. And, but it was uh, thanks to my beloved wife, I realized that there is something else to do about this. So first thing first, she said, Dimitri, don't worry about, you know, uh, being um, unable to generate income because yeah, maybe you cannot work anymore as a musician. Maybe you cannot produce violins for musicians anymore. But still, look, you know so much. What if you just share your knowledge with other instrument makers or with other musicians? If what if you just share with instrument makers how to design fine concert grade instruments based on the thought process of the ancient masters because this thing they don't teach anywhere uh, how many instrument makers careers you would be able to transform what if you shared with musicians how to organize your own concerts something i was really passionate about doing back when i lived in japan and it occurred to me that makes sense even if i have to spend the rest of my life in bed i can share this knowledge in one or another form, a written book or something. I didn't speak about, I didn't think about speaking back then, but I realized, she helped me realize that if I didn't share my expertise and my knowledge and my passion for what I do, then pretty much all this knowledge and all this passion has no meaning whatsoever if I just take it with myself to the grave. And I realized that at that very moment, I could have easily as well died. And from that moment on, yes, I started thinking in, how can I do this? Because I don't have skills whatsoever to create programs or speak or present my knowledge or you know, deal with people and inspire people and to show them, yes, you can do this. Yes, maybe you have failed in the past, but your failures in the past, your memories of the past definitely do not have to define your future. And if a musician can learn these kind of things, such as presentation skill, public speaking, no motivation, social media marketing, Facebook ads, creating websites that you know, creating programs around your expertise, then there's absolutely no person, planet Earth of any age who cannot do possibly the same. All of these skills are learnable, even though in the beginning it may feel like a massive overwhelm because yes, it is not comfortable. Now, when you're starting doing these kind of things, you are stepping out of your comfort zone and it is all right to be a little bit uncomfortable because the, the truth is the solutions that were comfortable were the solutions that led me in first place to having that stroke. And there is absolutely no need for anyone to first experience something like that. Don't try at home on your own. That's not fun. So the solutions that I have tried, the solutions that I have been comfortable with, those were the solutions that have led to that situation in my life where I could not cope anymore and I have had to experience this stroke, which happened to be, by the way, the best experience ever in my life because that was a life-changing moment. This is when I had to admit I got to start thinking differently. I got to start looking for solutions that are outside of my comfort zone because I want to get the results that are not yet comfortable for me. 
it was not a comfortable situation for me to think that I would be a motivational speaker or professional speaker. I would be content marketer. I would be helping other people to build six-figure businesses. What? What? Six-figure business? At that moment, back then, I could even not imagine what kind of business is that six-figure business around your passion for music or whatever you're passionate about. So this is where I needed also your support because this was hugely uncomfortable for me to you know, stand up before the camera and see all these people around, walking around us, and these thoughts in my back, at the back of my mind running, oh my God, all these experienced speakers and marketers now are look, looking at this rookie, trying to put two words together in a foreign language. And you know, it was just like fair, literally. I needed you. Thank you so much for that moment, for the support. But then as you, as you keep doing this, as you keep exercising this, as you keep, as you keep mastering new skills, these new skills become a new comfort zone, inevitably. And what is very, very important to anyone listening to this story, it's very important to remember one thing that, yes, maybe they have failed in something in the past. Maybe something didn't work. Maybe they have attended the course and the, the knowledge that they acquired didn't produce instant results. Maybe they have been to a school or college that didn't bring the results uh, in their life that they actually really wanted uh, to have, but that is memories of the past and conditions like you know, conditioning of the past definitely doesn't have to define one's future. So what happens when you start, when you allow yourself being led by the vision of the future rather than memories of the past? I absolutely love Joe Dispenza in that regard. So listeners who, you know, and viewers who are watching this video, I would strongly encourage to explore and discover uh, Joe Dispenza is one of the most inspirational uh, experts on uh, neuroscience and meditation. I strongly recommend that. But that these are literally his words. Do allow yourself to be led by the vision of the future rather than by the memories of the past. And then magical things start happening. Wow, you open up doors. You completely transform. Yes, it's not an overnight process, but it is definitely worth it. Uh, so that's amazing. I am just spellbound, seriously spellbound. But I know Chris wants to say something here. Well, it's just a credit. I mean, that's absolutely amazing. And I mean, no, we do know your story anyway, but the way you've just narrated it um, is absolutely amazing. So, what is it you actually do now? If you could just share that with our listeners. Oh, yes, of course, with pleasure. Uh, so what I am very passionate about uh, these you know, days, these months, I've been working very intensively on uh, packaging my knowledge, my expertise around fine instrument making. So I'm very passionate about helping other instrument makers to become ambassadors to this ancient tradition of instrument making and uh, become the bearers of this culture and knowledge that I have discovered in the past 28 years. So the, the ancient masters thought process or concepts. What I mean by ancient masters, by the way. So I mean uh, instrument makers, the most celebrated instrument makers of the past, such as Antonio Stradivari or Giuseppe Guarneri del Gesù, these kind of people. So you see, in today's instrument making industry, the normal approach, the standard uh, status quo approach to instrument making is buy a book of posters, normally life-size posters of Antonio Stradivari violins, make a photocopy, uh, cut it out with scissors, trace it on the wood, and then produce uh, an instrument. And you call it, well, this is a copy of a Stradivari or a model of Stradivari. So this is, this is great. I mean, this is not easy to do. And there are lots of outstanding copies. Um, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing this. But there was something 
that was not working for me in that approach. Something from the very beginning in my career as an violin maker, something that didn't work. And what didn't work for me is the fact that I simply didn't know what are the reasons for violins to have been shaped that way. What did they think about? You know, there is this Japanese uh, philosopher and poet, Matsuo Basho. Um, I'm not sure if I will be able to quote him precisely, but the meaning is, so he says, do not seek for the footprints of the ancient, seek what they thought. And this, this is an, really, really an inspirational quote. It has been living this quote with me for decades and I've been led by this. And I really wanted, I had this burning desire to find out, to figure out why the instruments are created that way. What were the thoughts and the philosophy and the aesthetics in the mind of those great makers? Because the truth is when they were creating their original instruments today, everyone is copying. They didn't have original instruments to copy. They didn't have posters to cut. And I, have, I was able to discover this and I was able to distill this system into something very uh, memorizable, very simple. Even a five years young child can remember in seconds the exact reason why 18th century instrument makers did not leave any notes on how to do this because this is simple. It is even documented in the German 17th century source, Michael Pretorius, who says, it, the, the book is called Syntagma Musicum and all of the musicians will definitely know this. Syntagma Musicum is a huge volume on music. So he speaks about music theory, about different instruments, but when it comes to violin, the only thing he says, violin, oh, let's keep the violin, such a known instrument. That's it. <laughs> and he, he refused to speak about violin because it's such a well-known, such a simple instrument. So, and so I was able to discover this um, uh, system, the ancient thought, uh, ancient master's thought process. I'm very passionate about sharing this with instrument makers. So I'm teaching them acoustics using that design process. I'm teaching them also how to create instruments with total certainty. I'm teaching them, of course, the marketing and the business aspects because it is no longer enough in today's world to just be a great artist. It is also very important to have people in front to inspire and serve. And that comes from marketing skills, from business skills, from entrepreneurship. I'm really, really passionate about entrepreneurship. I know, as you us can feel. Too, us too. And do you know what? At the time that we're recording this, whenever um, our viewers are watching it or our listeners listen to it, we are in 2021. We are in the second year of this terrible viral pandemic which has changed lives all around the world and in particular because we we look outside of the media and everything else and we look at talented musicians we look at talented actors who have had to have a complete mindset shift around how they deploy their talents and they're using things like we're using today to Zoom. record this, Zoom. I mean, if we had shares in Zoom, oh my goodness, we would be very happy. <laughs> but suddenly they are finding new ways to reach their audiences. And for that, they do need some marketing skills, as you said. And this is what we're finding. We speak with a lot of different people from all walks of life who want to start a business around their passion, uh, their skills that they have, or their maybe knowledge. their knowledge, maybe yes. skills they don't yet have, but would like to acquire. 
how important would you say as we come towards the end of this that it is that you develop that knowledge so that you can really and truly live that passion live that lifestyle that you want doing something that you know has meaning not just to yourself but to people all over the world so uh, what i would say that it's a, it's a very deep question and um it, it could be a podcast of its own just to speak about this. I know, I know, I'm sorry, Dimitri. Thank you very much, uh, Susan. That really, um, what I see, what people do, it really depends their, uh, on their situ life situation, so to speak. So what I see with young people, uh, they very frequently uh, overestimate their abilities and they underestimate what it takes to build a successful career around passion. They believe they have plenty of time and they believe frequently that they have lots of time they will be able to figure it out on their own. And this is the reason they would postpone uh, learning and making shortcuts, learning from people who are miles ahead of them and just help themselves in investing that knowledge and help themselves to make shortcuts and start from the place in their life and career uh, from, from the place where many people, unfortunately, will even not arrive. So this is one category of people, younger people, you know, than the elder people, let's say after 35. You know? So what happens there, um, there is a different issue. So now they realize that things are actually harder than they expected to be in life. And frequently they start developing yeah coping mechanisms how can i uh, call it else so uh, because they have had certain experiences they believe that the life is that way and there is no other way around so they learn how to cope with that and it is very important to be aware of this fact that whatever happened in the past i cannot stress it enough definitely does not define your future. Now, how do you make that shortcut? So when people are elder, they start to appreciate the value of time also more, which is probably why when we, when we attend business, class, business masterminds all over the world, what, whom do we see mainly? We see mainly people, elder people, who now realize, hey, I am not perfect. I don't know everything. I need a boost. I need that knowledge. I want to buy the skills. I want to make shortcut. I don't want to spend 20 years to figure out how to send an email. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? um, so it's all in definitely being surrounded by people who are, who are able to do what you are doing. So let's say... Um, uh, people want uh, people who are retired or about to be retired and they want to uh, run a business the way you do, you know, and live the lifestyle the way you live, you know, and what is the best way for them to learn doing this, to be surrounded, I believe, with people like yourself, because this is where the knowledge is, this is where the expertise is, this is where valuable in advice lives. Unfortunately, lots of people will feel Oh, that's a little bit outside of comfort. I better ask my neighbor who has no clue, but that's possible. Yeah, it is very, very important to expand one's network. And the earlier you start doing that, the better, definitely. Wow. That, that, I, 
that's just a perfect answer to a very convoluted question and I do apologize once I get going I sort of want to get so much in there and I want to deliver so much value from the people that we interview so I really and truly appreciate that and I I've just picked up one sentence that I read on your social media and to conclude this I think it's the perfect place to end you actually say the truth is positive lessons can be learned anywhere. You, Dimitri, are an absolute perfect example of that. And we would love anyone listening or watching this to be inspired by what you've done in your life and to know that there are ways to do things uh, that they might never have imagined. And we truly hope that something bad does not happen in your life to make you take that change, make that decision to do something different. But very often it does. And certainly in later life that happens, but just take advantage of what you have out there in the world and be inspired by so many people like Dimitri who can lead you into something very different you may never have thought of. It's very true. It's just, thank you, Dimitri. We have so, so enjoyed having you. And maybe we will go back and revisit another podcast, The Bigger Question. Oh, yes. Let's do a few more podcasts. It was such a pleasure talking to you. You are such an inspirational couple. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for your playing a very important part in my journey as well. I will never forget that moment on the bridge in Lucent Hotel in London. Well, don't worry. We will be standing on the quayside one day, ready to hop on that wonderful yacht of yours hey. <laughs> and spend some time with your family. You remember we were sharing stage as speakers. You <laughs> it never would be know. perfect, that wouldn't it? That would be amazing, wouldn't we it? We would have to do that again. It would yeah. be lovely. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you for everyone who has tuned in to watch this or listen to us on our podcast. We will be back very soon with another edition of Living the Retirement Lifestyle. Thank you and goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is the Retirement Lifestyle Podcast with Chris and Susan Beasley. 